Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, 30 for 30. October is Pastors Appreciation Month, and we're taking the month to honor God for what he's done in the 30 years of Praise Chapel Paramount's history. We're so thankful for the history of our fellowship, but we're looking forward to the next 30 years. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you and your lovely wife, Letty. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Praise Chapel, for being here, uh, accepting me. And uh, I love you, Pastor. He's a good friend of mine, and we enjoy one another company. Uh, I just want to say uh, congratulations, 30 years. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, 30 years of God blessing you, of God's anointing on this ministry. Also, it's a Pastor Appreciation Month, and I pray that you guys are going to appreciate your pastors. Amen. Bless them. Come on, bless them. Bless them dearly. Come on, send them on a cruise. Glory to God. Do it right. Amen. Because when your pastors are rested, they hear from God. A little bit better. And the Bible says, according to Hebrews chapter 13, it's for your benefit. So you want to bless the man of God, the woman of God. It's for your benefit. So uh, bless them this month. And also, we just honor your 30 years. Uh, Before uh, I run this clip, before we get started, I just want to share a little bit about me, about five minutes about me, so you know who's standing before you. So you don't understand that this is not a novice standing before you. But I got saved in 1987 on a college campus in Arizona. Um, he gave me the truth. This young man on the side of the corner told me about the love of Jesus. I rejected it at first. But when I went home back home in, in Pennsylvania, he told me about Jesus, that Jesus loves me and he cares for me. And on that time, when I was back in Pennsylvania, that, that troubled my spirit and I had another opportunity to go to Kansas University on a scholarship. They wanted me to leave Arizona and to go to Kansas. But the one thing that drew me back to Arizona was Jesus. And when I came back and I, matter of fact, I I hunted him down on the campus. He was in the rec center. And I said, I want want to know about this Jesus. He thought I was going to beat him up or something. He said, what's going on here? But he says, uh, I told him, I want to know Jesus. I want to know your Jesus. I want to go to church to you, with you. And um, two weeks later, I gave my life to Jesus in 1987, January 1987. It's been 30-plus years. Then I met my lovely bride in Arizona. Amen. She's Chicana. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I took her back to the East Coast, and we've been married 29 years. Amen. We have a, a daughter uh, she's doing excellent, very successful. Also, we have a granddaughter. Um, we, we are blessed. We are very blessed. And um, with Pastor Phil, uh, my pastor, been with him 20-some, 20 28 years. Um, many of you probably know Pastor Phil Hernandez. And so it's just been a good ride. Serving Jesus is the best thing. I'm telling you, if you're in here, you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know him. Because he's the best thing there is. Living this life is the greatest experience.
that I ever experienced in my life. And I'm so glad that I've been saved over 30-some years and serving Jesus because it's getting better and better each day. Praise the Lord. Uh, I heard the clip is ready. I got a little small clip I want to show you. But before I do, I want to apologize and ask forgiveness to the Oakland Raiders fans in here. So we're in, we're in the house of God now. You got to love on me. You got to forgive me. So uh, let's, let's run that clip if we can, please. Praise the Lord. You, you, can, you can stop. Hallelujah. I'm just helping out the Raiders fan here. I just, enough is enough, I guess. I did it in dedication to Pastor Omar. Amen. Amen. There's a spiritual side to this. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> but the title of the Word of God, the title of my sermon today, It's Not Final. And I want to share a little bit about that clip there. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Oakland Raiders. And the history about the Pittsburgh Steelers during that time, they were a terrible team for many, many, many years. They didn't win anything. But during that year, 1972, they rebuild the franchise and they start winning. And matter of fact, this was for the AFC Championship. And that one reception in the last five seconds changed everything. Not only it changed the franchise, that they went on winning four more Super Bowls in the 1970s, but also it had impact into Pittsburgh Steelers, the city itself. It changed the city itself. The economy and everything that about that area in Pittsburgh, it changed the atmosphere. It brought them into a place of prosperity. It brought them into a place of success. Matter of fact, Pittsburgh, uh, the city is called the City of Champions. Baseball, uh, hockey, it's called the City of Champions. And I know some of you are saying, what? I thought we are the City of Champions. But one play, one act changed everything. And I want to preach on, some of you might be here today, and you're about ready to throw in the towel. You're about ready to give up. You're about ready to say, it's over. Maybe you have a business, and you tried for many years, and tried to be successful, and you tried everything, and, and you want to be an entrepreneur, but, but the Lord has brought me here today. And maybe, maybe it's a marriage. Maybe you're about ready to throw in your marriage. Maybe you're about ready to give in on your family. Maybe there's things in your life that you're about ready to give into. Maybe you're about ready to give up on yourself. I'm here to tell you it's not final. The moment that you're in or the state that you're in now, God has the last word. If God's for you, who can be against you? I couldn't share all of my testimony, but God has brought me through a lot of things. Uh, I didn't tell you about the tragedy that when I was a young kid and all the things that I've been through and all the anger issues that I had to dealt with and all the things, but the grace of God were over my life before I was saved. Before God put his, his saving grace on my life, he still was with me. And he brought me through. 
And I'm going to tell somebody in here, it might be just one person, you came in today and you say, preacher, this is my last attempt. This is my last try. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if our marriage is going to make it. I don't know if my family's going to make it. I don't know if my business is even going to make it. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you God's goodness and his grace is it's more than enough. Hallelujah. And he will see you through. It's not over. Now, I want to look at a portion of Scripture. It's, it's a nice chunk of Scripture here. But the Word will speak to you if you allow the Word of God, the Logos, the written Word of God, get in your heart, and then the Holy Spirit will bring the rhema or the revelation to you to change the way that you think and to change the way that you receive it. One word from God can change your life is what I'm trying to say. One word from God can change your life from your state where you're at right now. In Mark chapter 5, in Mark chapter 5, if you want to turn over there, starting in verse 21. Mark 5, 21. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. See, I need a little amen. I need, I need you guys to help me to preach this thing. Hallelujah. Verse 21, it says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived when he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she has gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came uh, up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe... I will be made healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then... The frightening woman trembled at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus and the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them said to Jairus. Now, here's the key here. Here's the nugget I want to get to. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Come on. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then the Bible says in verse 37, Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the commotion and weeping and wailing 
He went inside and asked, why all the commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave and took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said, Taliath Kaum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. It's not final. I said it's not final. The story that I really want to look into is the little girl that they said that she was dead. Let me tell you something. I'm here to tell you that your business is not dead. Your marriage is not dead. Come on. Your life is not dead. God has the last word. And he gave the key to his people, to the disciples, and to those that are around them. He says, do not be afraid, but just believe. Now, we're living in a day and age that everything is critical and, and, and critiquing everything and bringing doubt. We live in a society that's always bringing a, 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 a critique and always bringing the other, the bad side to every situation. But the Word of God is speaking today that God is alive and God can do the impossible. All things through Christ we can do through Him. See, God is a God of impossible and He wants to tell you today that your situation is not bigger than God. Uh, he just wants you uh, to believe and don't fear, uh, but believe in what he has. Now, I want to bring out some points that I believe is very important for all of us. The first thing, when Jesus came to the little girl's house, to Jairus' house, he says, why is all this commotion going on? And he told them to leave or to get out. I think that's so important. If you want to start living the life that God wants you to have, you got to get the commotion out of your life. Oh, come on. That's the first thing that he, when he came into that area, when he came into that house, he, saw, he says, why all this commotion going on? Why all this doubt and unbelief? Uh, what's going on? That's the reason why she's laying there dead because all this negativity is around you. If you understand the story, there were professional weepers there. They get paid to weep. And it created an atmosphere of unbelief. And some of you are surrounded by a lot of commotion and chaos in your life. And, and you wonder why that you can't take the steps of faith. You come in an atmosphere like that and believe God, but you go back home. It's totally different because those that are around you are bringing commotion and weeping around you. But the Lord has said today that you need to come out from among them and be separate and come into the presence of God and get around people. People filled with the Spirit, filled with God's Word, filled with God's power. So why should you be able to walk in the anointing of God? Not only on a Sunday, but Monday you're walking in the power of God. Later for Monday Day Blues, but I got the Monday Day Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I've been in the presence of God. I live this way. Because I make it a point that I don't get myself around negative people. If you're negative, I'm dropping you. Just like that. 
Why? Because God has given me something so precious through salvation. When God changed my life, my life did a 180. And I want that every day. Hallelujah. Not just some days, but every day. And the Lord wants you to have that type of lifestyle, to live in the fullness of God. Not, uh, not a, 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 a fantasy life is not what I'm talking about, a life of power, a life of grace, a life of love, a life of knowing who you are and where you're headed to. Even in uh, times of storms and difficulty, you still understand that God's with me. If God's with me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. That you can face every day in the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ. I love what you were singing, brother. The blood, when he says the blood is over me, the blood of Jesus, that's the power that sets us free. It's the power that breaks the bondages. It's the power that gives us the joy. Hallelujah. And some of you have a, a bunch of commotion around you. Uh, I know I'm just visiting, but I just want to take one step towards that. And I think the Spirit of God wants you to reflect right now and evaluate your life and, and really be honest with yourself. And you're around all that gossip and you're around all those people that living opposite of what you're living in and you're wondering why you're struggling. You're wondering why you're struggling because you're hanging around people that are opposite of the kingdom of God. And maybe the Lord says, get the commotion out of your life. Get those negative people out of your life. Hallelujah. Maybe the reason why you're having trouble in your marriage is because you're hanging around with people with troubled marriages. Maybe the reason why your business is not succeeding because you're hanging around with failure businesses around you. Get around people that are successful. They might do things a little bit bigger and better, but that's okay. That's what you want to get around with. To enlarge you, to expand you, to grow you, to be what you're called to be. The Lord is asking us to get the commotion out of our lives. What are you putting in your lives? What are we putting in our lives? What are we receiving in our ears? What are we listening to? If we're constantly listening to negativity, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have stopped the news from my life. I just read a little bit on the uh, uh, on online a little bit just to know what's going on. But a lot of it, I stop. Because after I get about an hour of CNN and Fox and the rest of the crew, is there any hope? Come on, let's just be honest. If you, if you follow that... You just say, is there any hope? But when I read the good news, there's always hope. <laughs> there's always hope. And I think this is so important because we need to evaluate our lives. I, I just got down to evaluate myself last month about some things that I need to, to come into and I need to separate myself from. See, we always need to constantly evaluate ourselves if we're going to keep growing in the Lord. And this is what we understand today that the Lord is saying through this text. He says, get all the commotion out of here. Get all the negative out of here because I'm about ready to speak life in this young girl. I'm about ready to speak my word in her. I'm about ready to give her something so she can make live again. Now, I said two words uh, or two statements. 
do not fear, because that's what Jesus said. He said, don't be afraid. Now, I want to talk a little bit about fear. In 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but the power, love, and self-discipline are a sound mind. This is what the Lord has given us through the gift of salvation. He has given us the, the, uh, the power to overcome fear. He has not given us fear, but he has given us love, uh, self-discipline, and power. Can we say amen? But when fear is there in our lives, what is fear? I like this acronym, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And you wonder why you can't step out. You wonder why you can't believe for that because fear is dominating your life. And that's the reason why he said that. He says, don't be afraid. Cast out the fear because faith must be activated. So fear is a false evidence. In other words, what you're appearing before you is false. It's not real. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's false. It will not stand against the word of God because God's word is forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass. Hello, somebody. See, fear grips your heart, and what you're appearing before you, you're assuming that's going to come about, but it's not. Uh, it's just an illusion. It's just what you're making up in your mind uh, that we're not going to make it as a family. We're not going to make it in our marriage. We're not going to make it in our business. No, you're not at that place yet. Uh, God hasn't given you the last word on this. So, so what's appearing to you is false. It's not real. You're assuming that. And when that becomes part of your thinking process, it becomes real to you and it traps you from moving out. It traps you from stepping out and believing God. Fear is the enemy to faith. Fear is the enemy to faith. I want to believe God. I want to trust God. I want to walk in faith. But when fear is present, it stops you. It stops you in your tracks from stepping out. Now, I want to say one thing about faith this morning. You can hope, wish, and everything in between, but only faith moves God. Only faith moves God. I can even have tears coming down my eyes right now. It will not move God. If it's not mixed in with faith, it's not going to move God. What moves God, according to Scripture, is Hebrews chapter 11, 6. It says faith is what God honors. Faith is what moves God. If you want to move the heart of God, you must believe in him that he is, that he is God, and that he stands alone. So fear is the enemy of faith, and the Lord is saying, is speaking to us today, that telling us it's not over, it's not final. He's saying you must activate your faith in me. First, get the commotion out of your life. Get all this chaos out of your life. And then look at fear until fear have no way or no access in my life. When fear is present, it stops you from believing the word of God. The word of God is forever. The word of God lasts forever. The word of God is what we stand on. It's what we build our lives on. See, the Word of God is, gives us the ability to stand in the opposition of darkness and fear and everything else and declare God's glory over our lives. 
You see, men and women, if you want to have a great family and a great success in your business, uh, you must have the Word of God in you. Because when the Word of God in you, it comes out like fountains of living water. Hallelujah. When the enemy start knocking at the door, when fear start knocking at the door, faith uh, will open the door and declare God's Word. Uh, Would he declare God's Word over that opposition that's in your life today? So with faith... Without faith, you cannot please him. Without faith, you cannot move the hand of God. Faith is this. Faith is believing, having total confidence and expectation on what God has already said. That's what faith is. It's total confidence and expectation what God has already declared. And I know there's a lot of books on faith, and I know there's a lot of sermons on faith, uh, but I just want to make it plain and simple. It's expectation and confidence what God has already written. If God said it, I believe it. If God said I can have a good family, I believe it. Oh, come on. No matter what it looks like. I'm trying to get you somewhere. I'm trying to get you to the place of saying, yeah, man of God. I understand that it might look like it one way, but God said another way. So I'm standing on what God says, not what it looks like. Because what it looks like is fear. Come on. False evidence appearing real, but God's word stands alone. So I'm going to believe God's word over the fear. Hallelujah. So I can declare God's word over this. What does that mean? That means Monday morning you wake up and you pray over your husband. What does that mean? You, you, your wives get up and pray over your children. There's something new is going to take place in the Harrison's house. There's something new is going to take place in our house today. I'm going to believe God's word over my circumstances. Because what the lie, what the enemy has been given us is a lie. It's fear. It's false. But God's word has stand forever. What God has put together, let no man put us asunder. Hallelujah. Let no one divide. Because of that, I can stand on God's word. God has called us to be one. So that is what I'm standing on. And that is what I'm declaring. Even though I don't feel like it. Come on, that's the society that we, I I don't feel I'm in love. See, we got to walk this thing out according to God's word. If you keep walking in God's word, guess what? The feelings will come as you obey the word of the Lord. I'm going to love you beyond. I'm going to love you unconditionally. Why? That's the agape love of God. Oh, there's many times... My wife and I, especially the early years, my Lord, hallelujah. Woo. But the grace of God. When, when matter of fact, one time Pastor Phil came over. Uh, it was like two years, maybe a year and a half in our marriage. And we were at, whew, we were at a place. And... Uh, he just told you, he said, you got to do what God telling you to love, how to love one another. Not what you're feeling, not what you're going through. He said, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you just got to obey God. Because if it's about right and wrong, who really wins? No one wins about right and wrong. But how can we do this together? How can we serve God together? 
How can we go hand in hand with this together and still declare? Even though I don't feel like holding her hand. Oh, come on. <laughs> Even though I don't feel like getting up more and saying, I love you. But God's word that's in me gives me the ability to hold her hand and tell her that I love you. And then, eventually, guess what happens? God starts working on the inside of you. See, you think it's her. God starts working on you. See, that's what it is. You, oh, if, if he does, if, he, if she does, it's really right here. And God turned that mirror on me. I had a whole lot of issues to deal with and still dealing with. And I, as I allow the word of God work in me, I'm able to love her more unconditionally like Christ loves the church. <laughs> See, it works. I'm here to tell you, it works. It does. It works. But we have to get to a place of submitting to God's word but not submitting to the fears. The fears is the things that's out there that you're seeing that he doesn't do that, she doesn't do that, he says that, she says that. See, that's the fear. That's the false things appearing real. But God wants you to change that through faith in him, declaring the word of God in your marriage, in your home. Hallelujah. This real quickly, I, I know time is uh, lapsing here, but I just want to say this. What about not giving up on yourself? What about not giving up on yourself? Some of you have given up on yourself. I always be a loser. I always fail. I'm the back black sheet of the family. And that wears on your mind and your spirit. And you're about ready to give up and throw in the towel. But I want to tell you, brother and sister, it's not final. It's not over yet. God has created you for such a time as this. Even if your mother and father didn't even want you here, God wanted you here. When he told Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I, I, I knew who you were. I knew you by name, he says. So God has purpose before you enter into this realm. Oh, come on. So what I'm trying to tell you, you're not here by accident. Even though you don't feel like a champion, you feel like a failure, let me tell you something. That's the fear. That's the false things appearing to you right now. But I want to give you the truth that the great I am has established you for this time and this season for your life. You have purpose and you have destiny. And the reason why you're here is because God wanted you here. And God wants you to bring forth what he wants in your life into the earth. He has a purpose and destiny for your life. Well, preacher, why all these bad things happen to me? I can't, and I don't know why, but I do know that he's greater than all the things that happen in your life. I don't want to go through all the traumatic things that happen with me, but some of the stories that I can tell you, you can say, how... You're able to function as a human being for some of the things that happen to you. It's because God's word is greater than what I came out of. 
Don't give yourself, don't give that appearing to you greater emphasis in your life than more than God's word. Let God's word be greater in your life. In other words, God can and he will give you the ability to overcome. You need to decide in your heart to love what God loved, and that is you. You need to love yourself through the eyes of Jesus Christ because God doesn't make any junk. He makes his sons and daughters. You have a place in the kingdom of God. The devil is a liar. I'm coming against that lie of that spirit to tell you that you're nobody. We're coming against that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Man of God, woman of God, rise up in the name of the Lord. Rise up and be who God created you to be. If everything's coming against you, rise up in the name of Jesus. If you believe one more time, if you trust God one more time, you will see the change. You will see the transformation. Trust God's word. God says if in his word, if we believe and trust in him or know that he's for us who really can be against us who really can be against if God's for us think of that man of God think of it's God's for you and he gave you uniqueness only you have you know that fingerprint that we all have it's all different you know why that's evidence God's revealing to you that he created you just the way that he wanted you to be created. You have been put on this earth for a reason. Do you know that every hair on the top of your head is counted? Oh, come on, somebody. Everyone. I'm getting a little light up here. I know that. But he knows all of them. Amen. Every last one of them. Why? Because he's into me. He knows me and he knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Oh, come on. He knows you better than you know yourself. Even though you constantly keep putting your down, you know what you're really doing? You're putting God down. You're telling God he don't know what, he, what he's doing. You don't, know, you, don't know, you don't know what you're doing, God. Every time you bring that against yourself, that accusation against yourself that you're a nobody, you're telling God that he's a nobody. He doesn't know what he's doing. Can, can I be real with you? That's what you're doing. So trust me, God knows what he's doing. He put the stars, he put the earth, the sun at the right position. Oh, come on now. And you know something? We just live in one galaxy pertaining to millions of galaxies. And in the midst of all that, everything's functioning at the right time. You probably heard it before. If we tilt a little bit towards the sun, we'll burn up. If we tilt a little bit back from the sun, we'll freeze up. You know, God just put it right there in the right position so we can, oh, come on now. And you want to come against God because what he's do, what you think that he didn't do or he won't do in your life. And, and you keep coming against yourself. And you, th come on now, you, we, need to, we need to come back to the place of really understanding this God that we serve. See, you just need to jump in line with what God is doing and get, get off the bandwagon, quit feeling sorry for you. Oh, and just get with what God is doing. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I'll serve you with everything that I got. I surrender. See, God's waiting for you to surrender to his will. Not my will, but your will, Father.
and then ye will order your steps. The steps of the righteous is ordered by God. He's waiting for you to say yes to him. That's the problem. See, you've been doing everything your way. So in this, let me jump to the conclusion here. It's not final or it's not over. Start dreaming again and start believing again. Don't give up. Don't give up on one another. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your business. Don't give up on the things that God has put in your heart again. I want you to start dreaming again. I want you to get the commotion and the chaos out of your life. I want you to say, Lord, all these things that you're showing to, showing me, as you reveal these things to me, I will say yes to you, God. I will start dreaming again. I will going to start believing again. I'm going to start trusting in you again. Yeah, I'm going to start seeing through the eyes of Jesus. I'm going to go all all the way. Can I share with you what, what really changed my life when I said yes to God totally? That was at the gate. I had to say yes because of the climate, the atmosphere that I was living in. I was living in the football dorm, and they used to call it Animal House. Now, you younger people don't even know what that is, but it's an old movie that they lived a crazy life in the college and they called the football dorm, mostly all football players over there, the animal house. So when I received Jesus, I couldn't have a little dab of do yet. I wouldn't last a hot 10 seconds. But I received the power of God that has given me the ability to overcome all the obstacles, especially at that time in my life, all the temptation. I was able to overcome, not because of me, but because of him living in me. The key is this. This is what I'm trying to get across. The key was this, is when I surrender 100% to him. When I totally surrender, God has given me his ability in me to give me the ability to overcome these things that were coming at me, not just every other day, but every 10 minutes all kinds of things were happening. But God gave me the strength to stand and check this out. Uh, when I start standing for the kingdom of God, guess what happened? These young men and women start coming to know Jesus Christ. We had a revival at the campus. The church that I was going to, they had this one little, you know, these churches had one little beat-up van. You know, we had that one little beat-up van. But we used to take four or five trips before services filled up with college kids. A revival broke out and the Lord revealed to me the reason why is because you surrender to my will why see God wants you to have the abundant life the good life but the cost is this is the cost is surrender that's what he's looking for he'll do the rest see in the finished work of Jesus Christ he has completed everything when he was on the cross he said it is finished it is done for what we need in this earth but we have to submit ourselves and surrender to what he has given us. And in that, he will give us the turnaround. He will give us the changed life. Some of you are waiting for the change. Some of you are waiting for a new life. See, he's waiting for you to surrender. He's waiting for you to surrender. He says, son, daughter, I've been waiting for you. I never left you, and I never forsaken you. But you only gave me 10%. You only gave me 50%.
you only gave me 60%. I've been waiting for you. Surrender, surrender, surrender. There is power. Surrender your marriage. Surrender your home. Have you surrendered your business to God? Do you honor God through your business? Man, woman of integrity? Oh, come on now. These are the things that I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about when we surrender to him, what can stand against that? Nothing. Nothing. If God can change me, he can change you. If God can give me a good marriage, he can give you a good marriage. Yes, he can. We just need to trust him. Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.